Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, my delicious little volivons. Welcome to episode one of my brand new podcast series, Chatting with Charlie. With me, Diane Chorley, Duchess of Canvey, owner of the infamous 1980s nightclub, The Flick. I'm coming to you from my little beautiful studio in Canvey Island. Of course, on the knobs over there is my beautiful little assistant, Milky. Are you eating another bleeding bag of pombez? Put them down, for God's sake. Don't come running to me when you're all backed up. Honestly, last week was like a bleeding Play-Doh dispenser. It's disgusting. Cost me a fortune in laxative. He's waving. I, I don't know what's the point in waving. It's a cop pass. Milky and I, well, we should be in Edinburgh doing our bleeding, opening my gorgeous nightclub, The Flick. But sadly, because of COVID-19, that's all been cancelled. In fact, life's pretty much buggered. So instead, we thought we'd give you an extra special treat. Over the next 10 weeks, we'll be releasing a cop episode each week along with the song from our new album, Diane Chorley, Greatest Hits, Volume 1. We've got some of the finest guests the entertainment world can offer, and we've lovingly hand-picked each guest to discuss a theme inspired by a song from the album. I'm so bleeding good to you lot. Why? Because I love you. We're going to have the best ten weeks of our life, I tell you that for nothing, with the most beautiful music, the most gorgeous chat, and my album... Is going to be the soundtrack to your summer. So hold tight. Oh, what's that? That's the sound of episode one. What's that song? Mother said. It's out today for you lot to download or stream or whatever it is you lot can do. So as the song's mother said, I'll be talking to my special guest about all things motherhood. Bibs, dummies, sticky fingers, whatever the bleed now, I'll be talking about it. Then I'll be telling you lot a gorgeous little story about my life in the spotlight. And what inspired me to write this gorgeous, gorgeous song? Get comfortable, get in your favourite little chair or something, put on your fluffy slips, put on a nice cardigan, get a little oval tin cooking, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you the time of your life. So without any further ado, I'm going to welcome my first beautiful guest. Oh my God, who is it? My guest today is the award-winning singer, songwriter, musician from London. She's a mother, a daughter, a wife, a sister, <laughs> a goddess. <laughs> Dare I say it, Sophie, a national bleeding treasure? I will say it and I did. She's been beaming out live from her kitchen every Friday night, keeping thousands of people dancing in the COVID era. <laughs> I'm delighted to welcome my beautiful guest, Sophie Ellis Bexter, all right, gorgeous girl. Hello, Diane. How are you? I'm all right. You're feeling a bit better. How's your head? Yes. Yeah, I'm feeling much better. Yeah. In fact, some of my 
friends are quite disappointed because they, when they saw my picture with my blood on my face after I fell off my bike, I think they thought it was going to be a lot more dramatic. But all I've been left with is a little bump on my forehead. Oh, you've I've got been a very lucky. You've got a little yeah. Harry Potter, a little Harry Potter fight <laughs> going Harry on. Harry Potter, yeah. What was you doing on your bike, trying to do a little ET or something, have a little fly? Oh, you know what? It was uh, it was very sweet. Richard had organised, my husband, he'd um, organised for the kids to be looked after for three hours so we could have a picnic and an evening bike ride. So it was basically a date and it was like our first date night for months. <laughs> so, yeah, it started off beautifully and ended maybe a little bit more dramatically than intended. Oh, that's so romantic. The first, yeah, well, it the, the first, first bit, bit. Not, <laughs> yeah. not the hospital. I tell you what, prove, <laughs> prove my agent Hazel wrong. She was mouthing you right off. She was like, oh, yeah, she's trying to get out of it. Next minute, <laughs> you're in the bleeding sun. I was like, look at that, Hazel. She weren't happy. But thank you, thank you for coming back on. It looks like you've healed now. That's good. Yes, 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 yes. I'm fine now. Thank you for asking. In fact, you're looking beautiful, I would say. And I always I wonder this about, because your mother, I don't know if this might be the Ellis gene or something, but your mother, she don't look a day over 30. And I'm just convinced there's some kind of voodoo at play there. I don't know what it is. I reckon something's been sacrificed along the way. Because you're, look, <laughs> you're looking like some kind of Russian doll still. And I think you must have some kind of regime. What's oh. your regime? Oh, well, I hope my mum's not listening. I, I, when I was a kid, she was very much, you know, into the whole looking after your skin and cleanse tone moisturiser. And I'm actually really lazy. But I do agree that my mum looks very youthful. She does. Um, she does, yeah. I mean, I get a good sandblast in every two or three days. That's how I keep so youthful. <laughs> I did wonder about all the people out there who ordinarily have to go and do things like Botox and they haven't been able to while we've been having lockdown. Do you think about those people? Yeah, they look like a camel's back, I reckon. It's <laughs> like someone's dropped some balls under a rug. <laughs> it always falls out of place. That's why I'd never get it done. I like the no. wrinkled effect. I look, I like looking like someone's painted a little face on a on a bin bag. You know, that's my. <laughs> you don't. Look, you look beautiful. You look beautiful. I uh, just for the people at home so they can see you. You mm. you performing in front of me and. What a gorgeous! It looks like you're in front of the, you're in the National Theatre or something. You've got a gorgeous red velvet. Yeah, this is um what we call our den room. So this is the room where we've got a sofa, and uh, we watch uh, movies on a big sort of projector screen. But this is the back wall, and I always think it looks a little bit Twin Peaks as well. Oh Did yeah. Did you ever watch Twin Peaks? Oh yeah, I saw that in prison. Yeah. You could put a little, mis <laughs> you should put a little moustache on there. That'd be a fun Zoom call. You could have someone. I don't know. <laughs> put a little effect on. Yeah. But I can't forget, this is a cop pass, so people can't see it at home. So yeah. I, I do I do tend to linger a bit on the visual. Yes, I'm trying no, to work well, it's out hard not it. to, isn't it? It it's is. It's hard not to. But of course, to you, you've been quite busy in lockdown, haven't you? For 10 weeks, every Friday at 6.30, we'd put on a little live show from our kitchen and I'd sing some songs, cover versions, my own stuff, put on some sparkly things. Uh, the kids could come and dance around if they felt like it. Um... But it was quite chaotic. It was ever so popular, though, wasn't it? Everyone was talking about it. Well, it's, it's actually genuinely quite hard for us to tell the reach, really, because we were only just the five of us. Well, I say five, seven of us, rather. <laughs> Don't know who I was forgetting about there. There's always one child that's the least loved. <laughs> Where's that there, child? I don't know. Whatever. Or two. <laughs> two even. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, um, it, we were just in our in our kitchen all the time. And so, um, 
you know, we'd finished what felt like a gig and actually for Richard and I, it still had the same feel as if we'd performed, which is kind of weird. I suppose there's a lot of stuff that happens in your brain and the sort of getting ready and then the release of jumping around and singing. People were really interacting. I watched, obviously I watched them every weekend and the people was getting uh, well into it. They was commenting, they was having a great old time. It was lovely for us too. Of course you get some, well, some nutter making some bleeding comment. But in the end, I just took Milky's account away. I said, no longer. <laughs> it ain't right. I do find it a bit stressful, the kitchen disc, I'm not going to lie. Because all uh, the little kids what are running around, you're going to high kick one of them right out the patio doors. That's what I keep thinking. Because they're all yeah. milling around there on the floor. And of course, yeah. your shoes, your shoes ain't forgiving. No. You could have smashed in a door or two with those shoes, I tell you that for nothing, Sophie. Definitely. I like my platforms, I do. Um, and I think, I think that element of worry is another reason why people maybe quite liked watching. A lot of it was hanging on by a thread. And because obviously, you know, Richard's filming where I am, but what I can see is what's happening behind him. And I had to break up so many fights with the kids um, and little dramas and things happening. And one would pick up a drumstick and I'd be like, oh, you're not playing with that and hiding stuff and things getting broken. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot can go on in 20 minutes. But that's what people love about it, isn't it? It's, it's the... Is seeing behind closed doors because of course you're ever so glamorous out on the streets and they never get an opportunity to look at all the all the bits and bobs what go on behind closed doors and no. that's why they love it you see have you not been yeah. approached to have a little uh, little reality tv show on the bexters you know what i think i think it would be quite entertaining there's a lot that goes on here all the time but i think that would be a foolish move and um <laughs> on whose part yours yours yes. or the tv channel Mine. I think um, I think it's quite good they only saw like a very small glimpse into our home life. Um, and also, it's, I don't really want the didn't really want the kids to start playing for laughs. You know, it's quite nice that for us we were doing these gigs and we could see that, as you say, people were commenting and watching. But as far as the kids were concerned, it was just their mum and dad and us at home. Oh, one of the kids has come in. Do you want to come and say hello? Oh my god! What's that? I found my switch light. Good news, he found his switch light. What the hell is that? All right, babe. <laughs> cool, he's gorgeous. Well done. <laughs> Can you wave? Hi. What's, what's that you got? What's that he's got? A Nintendo? It's his, it's his Nintendo Switch Lite, which he got for his birthday. All that technology. I didn't meet you when I came and played at your mum's birthday. I shipped off most of them. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only one that was here that night was my oldest, actually. He was, that yeah. was That was a good night, wasn't it? Oh, we had a good old time. I tell you what, you didn't hold back on the free booze. <laughs> he had to come and get me from a police station on the Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't even know what happened to me, Sophie. Bye, Honestly. Oh, goodbye, oh, Jess. Bye, babe. You. See you later. Bye. Bye, bye babe. Who are you talking to? I'm talking to Diane. Do you want to say hi? Who are they? <laughs> All right, babe. God, you're gorgeous. How are you? <laughs> I can't hear them. I know, I can hear them. It's all right. Oh, that's gorgeous, Working isn't it? Working from home. Bit of family life, that. I love it. <laughs> Not for me. I could never have kids myself. Their fingers stink like crisps. <laughs> and you've got all boys. I don't know how you bleed and manage that. Yeah, five sons. Mother of sons. What's it like in the, uh, in the lockdown? Are you doing all the homeschooling? Oh, my God, there's murder going on out there. <laughs> Sorry. Richard, um... get the taser. <laughs> Please. Where's the harpoon? <laughs> um, the homeschooling was really tricky. My eldest kept a little bit more going. He's 16, so he was doing a little bit because he's doing GCSEs. But 
Um, but no, for the most part, we haven't really been homeschooling at all. It was just too stressful and not. It was making us all feel like failures because we weren't getting things achieved. So yeah, five kids. That's that? a bit. It's a bit much to educate five children. The two of it you. Is. That's yes, a big ask. I, think so. I yes. thought you could just stick him in front of a YouTube video and everything on YouTube now, anyway. You know what? Even when I suggested that, they just sort of became a bit allergic to anything that was structured um, and and supposedly educational. So it ended up being like, well, if you're bored, go and learn about something, go and find something to do, go and start a project, and if you can't think of anything to do, you can help with the housework, and we'll we'll see what happens after yeah. that. I bet they soon <laughs> found something to do. I tell you that for nothing. Exactly. Have you been cooking much? And have you been doing nice big recipes in lockdown? Uh, so the way we've done it here is that Richard was on. He was a food duty. We he was sort of instilled. He would do the cooking every day. So that. Oh, um, right. Yeah. So I would do um, getting up with the kids in the morning and bedtimes, and he would do the food. And it's quite a good balance that. So I don't because I don't mind having less sleep and I'm quite I like doing bedtimes, but he he takes care of the food things. So I don't have to worry about that. He's a very good cook. We both like cooking, actually. But I think well, he bedtime really is five it. stories. No, that's how I mm, work. Yeah. yeah. Can't yeah. you do some kind of you should install some kind of tannoy? I know. And then you can sit in one central place and do the bedtime in. <laughs> um, I'd probably take bedtime story. If I'm honest, I couldn't be doing all the food that will give me a migraine. The no. only thing I like cooking is that little turkey, what you get from Iceland. It's got a little nipple on it that pops out when it's cooked. Do you know what I mean? No. Not a human nipple. <laughs> no, really. Or, or a bird nipple. I don't even know <laughs> if one exists. Does a bird have a nipple? I don't know. Don't think so. They probably do in America, if I'm honest. The amount of rubbish <laughs> they pump into the chickens there. Probably got more than a nipple. Probably got a chin. Imagine a bird <laughs> with a chin. I can't, but they'll probably sell it in some of the restaurants in Islington. <laughs> Chicken chin. What's for dinner? Chicken chin. I'll have a couple of chicken chins, please, in barbecue sauce, not too spicy on mine. I'll have the jaw bone. What are you having, Keith? Oh, I'll have the eye socket. That's how it goes these days. What they call it, a head-to-tail cooking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. into that? You ever had some oxtail? Well, um, actually, there's a place called, um, I think it's called St John's, isn't there? A restaurant oh, in London. It. And that's yeah. its whole thing, is this thing, yeah, is it nose to tail, where you can literally eat every bit of the animal. Yeah. And we ended up going there for one of my, who was its birthday? My sister's birthday? Can't oh, remember. Yeah. No, it was definitely a family birthday. Um, and actually, it was really yummy. I, I'm, I'm game to try things. I'm not, I don't want to be one of those people that will only eat certain meat. I think if you're going to, be a carnivore, you might as well like be accepting of the fact that, you know, you can oh. try different things. Someone get the girl a hoof. <laughs> so, of course, Richard, you gorgeous <laughs> hubby from mm -hmm. the band The Feeling. I know him very well. Um, he's a gorgeous fellow. I'd be a bit, a bit like a power couple, the Perry, you're in the music game. <laughs> Do you think so? I like Not to call really. it that. <laughs> OK. Not really. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> Oh, you can tell you're both successful in the 90s. You should have such big careers. You were the, pin you were the pinnacle. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely, I think music has been... It's funny, it's always the day job, but recently we've got sort of more into music than ever, I think, now that we can't go out and do things. I don't know about you, but we're listening to music loads and the radio and playing songs that... I've sort of regressed a little bit. I found myself listening to things I liked when I was a teenager. I don't know if you've been doing any of that. Well, I haven't got very good attention span anyway. So <laughs> I've just been staring at a wall a lot of the time and going mad. Mm. But apart from that, I've been having a nice time in lockdown, you know. I'm... What music have you been listening to from the old days? Like I listen back to a lot of indie music, albums I'd forgotten about from... What, like the listen... audience? 
<laughs> no, don't listen to me. Do you know? No. I love that. I, lo- nah. I love that band. I did. When I was oh. in prison, I listened to the audience a lot. <laughs> Captive audiences are our best kind of audience. Yes. <laughs> when they're in prison. Yes. Wherever so popular in prison. Pipe it in. <laughs> but when did that band start? That was in the... You was 18, weren't you, when you started that band? Well, I was actually 16 when I first started singing in that band. So, yeah, I was still at school and my parents said, so long as you don't do gigs on a school night, you can, uh, you can do that in your spare time. And then um, by the time I got to 18, uh, that's when we signed a record deal. So I, I sat my A-levels and then I went off on tour. So it was very exciting at the time because I'd always loved music so much and I used to read all the music press. So it was like stepping oh, from NME. looking at it to being in it. Yeah, Enemy yeah, and Melody Maker. They yeah. were the days. They're not around anymore, those mag... Well, they are, aren't they? But they're all free, bleeding free. Yes, exactly. Do you, miss, do you miss touring life? I mean, nowadays you tour with your whole family, don't you? You've got your brother on the drums. Mm-hmm, yeah. You've got Richie, Richie Boy on the bass. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I do miss touring it? a lot. I miss, yeah, that's all the fact. all the people I'm related to on stage, but um, yeah, I I really miss it. And it's funny because this year, I started the year off with so many gigs. I was going to be so busy. Of course, because your album just came out. The one basically, it's your greatest hits, but with a, an orchestra, isn't it? Yeah, so that was last year, and I did a big lots of tours with a full orchestra. And then weirdly, this year was going to be more pop tours. I was going to be doing a tour in Australia with the Pussycat Dolls, and then I had a, a, a support tour I was doing later on in the year, and loads of festivals. And it was all very pop and and fun and shiny and very busy. And then suddenly it was like. Quiet. Yeah. But Terrifying. it's all right. You know, there's next year. I'm really optimistic, cautiously optimistic that next year we'll be able to have gigs again and see people. Yeah, it will happen. I mean, I love touring me. I love sitting in a little vibrating chair in the service station, grab bag of discos, <laughs> tub of M&S Rocky Road. That's me. Yeah. That's my lifestyle. Milky just stands there putting a pound after pound in the vibrating chair. And I tell you what, I go to a different place. <laughs> I don't like being in the company of musicians because they don't take too much care of their personal <laughs> hygiene. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. It's probably not the same with orchestra players. I imagine they're a bit more elegant. It's all port and cheese <laughs> and all that. But no, I don't like the rock and roll lifestyle. It ain't for me. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. That's I mean, not for everyone. to be honest, so you was in the big old days. It was like the Britpop era, wasn't it? When you was yeah. When you was big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, that's when I got into music. I'd say. Britpop was the thing, sort of mid-90s. That's when I was a teenager. Well, I always associate you with the 90s and Britpop and all of that. That's when my, my the audience stuff happened, but uh, things like Groovejet and stuff, that wasn't until 2000, actually. So so my first sort of solo stuff is about to turn 20 this year. That's scary, oh isn't it? Oh, my God. And it's ever so good. They're iconic. Ah, thank you. Well, at least I'm, I don't mind singing them still. I'm still very happy to sing things like Murder on the Dance Floor. I think it must be really tough if you... Don't like singing the songs people know you for. I'm, I'm glad I still like them. Murder on the Dance Floor, it's a, it's a classic. It, it's hard for me to be objective, genuinely. Look at the bank balance. That'll tell you how to be objective, babe. <laughs> if, it's, if it's still getting played on the radio. £2.66 just today. Well, it's more than I get. It's more than I bleed and get for my greatest hits. Milky, can you, can you get your bleeding fleet? Oh, sorry, Sophie. It's fiddling away in the background there. It's like a bleeding loose chimp in a cage. <laughs> oh, so you've got a new podcast series out now, haven't you? Can you tell us about that? I feel like everybody has a podcast at the moment. And I started one just before lockdown. And I finished, I, I did my 10th interview this morning. And so I feel like maybe I've done my, I've finished my first series and I'm quite happy. So what's the name of the podcast? What's the podcast about? It's called Spinning Plates. 
because I feel like that's quite a, 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 an apt metaphor for how how I feel quite a lot of the time with keeping a lot of things going. Yeah, I bet. Yes. Well, you do have a lot going on. I'm not even mm. surprised. It's about being a working mother, actually. It's about I'm speaking to lots of women who do lots of different jobs. They're all successful in their own fields, but they also are raising a family. And it's sort of about how you balance both things, because as you saw from me talking to you and then having my kids come in, it's uh, it's never been more uh, pertinent than now when everything no, is so, so linked. I mean, obviously, I'm assuming you won't be asking me to go on that show because I haven't got no kids. And I've got yes. no interest in them. So exactly. I can understand that. I did, no, it's a prerequisite well, that you are a mother. Yeah, yes. I, was a, I was a little bit tinged with jealousy there, but it's, it's past. No, don't. When yeah, I realised I wasn't. Be. Yeah, you, you know. you're not eligible. We should probably do our own one. We couldn't do it about motherhood. We could do it about music, I reckon. Yeah, but then exactly. My response to music earlier was pretty poor. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Let's not forget, you are basically the first person to play, headline, the Kitchen Disco, what it became, because it was really thanks to you performing at my birthday last year that we actually had had the idea of how it could work as a stage at all. You're the first person to climb up on that little like, um, window seat <laughs> and oh, yeah. make that stage your own. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there ain't a window seat in the world that ain't safe when I'm around, I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> I love a window seat, me. Me and too. Of course, there was a good, it was a gorgeous night. It was a mariachi band. I had a good old yes. look on your, you've got a room full of shoes. I had a good old look through there. Yep. That's yep. got to be a museum one day, surely. Yeah, but I've got lots of twinkly outfits up there. And it's funny because when I started doing the kitchen discos, people were saying, you know, oh, did you like put up all that stuff? But as you know, that is actually what it always looked like. There was oh, yeah. always the disco ball and various chandeliers and secret like glitter curtain. And, it's yeah. like bargain hunt in your kitchen. I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> There was, a, there, was fellas, there was fellas doing barman work and everything, weren't there? Oh, oh my I God, know. what a well, night. Well, it was our 40th birthday. You've got to go all out. Oh, no. Yeah. You, go, you go all out. It's a beautiful house. Oh, the, thank you. The size of the bouncy castle. Well, it's a, they call it a trampoline, don't they? Honestly, <laughs> you, could, you could fire a boulder off that. <laughs> Take out Bromley by bow. <laughs> is your mum going to be on it? She's a good mother. I did. I, I spoke to my mum, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really important I speak to her. She's obviously my role model of a working mum. Yeah, So, bet. yeah, yeah, that was like my second one. She was 18 or something when she was doing Jigsaw and she was pregnant with you. Well, she was dead young, wasn't she? Yeah, well, not quite as young as that. She was 16 when she met my dad, funny enough, but then she um, she did, uh, she had me when she was 23 and that's when she did Jigsaw. Um, and, yeah, she went back to work really quick. I think, in fact, I think her first job back was when I was about maybe six weeks or seven weeks and she ended up doing things like Doctor Who and the Sweeney and all this stuff just before she started doing Jigsaw um, when I was a really tiny baby. I mean, she didn't really pause for breath, she just kind of went back into work. Um, yeah, well, yeah. She, was quite, she was quite advanced in her time, your mum, wasn't she? And I said this to her when I saw her, she came on my show down to the theatre, but she, she never faltered, did she? At the time, it was very odd for a woman like her. Always stuck to her guns, she was very serious. You know, she was a bit saucy, and I know she had a lot of interest from the fellas. We've discussed that too. <laughs> but she was very, um, she was quite revolutionary. She was very to the point, but she had a bit of, you know, sass to her. I've always yeah, she's her. definitely got, um, she's definitely got a strength to her uh, where she's, she knows, yeah, she's, she's quite sort of pragmatic and uh, very sort of sensible about things. And I think, yeah, she can make decisions and not, uh, not feel guilty about it, really. And she can be quite un unapologetic in a really good way, I mean, in an inspiring way. So I think, yeah, when she had my brother, 
and left Blue Peter. I know that she got a lot of uh, sort of press attention for um, having a baby out of wedlock and for for leaving uh, leaving Blue Peter. But I think she just thought she always felt quite confident about the choices she was making. Really, yeah, sure in herself. Me. Yeah, yeah, it's been a good example for me. I'm not always quite as clear minded as that. I don't think. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. But of course, having known your mother down the flick... Yes. <laughs> she knows how to let her hair down. Oh, I can imagine that. I've had to drag her down from a chandelier or two in my life. <laughs> the amount of time I'd be opening a wheelie bin, who'd pop out? Oh, God, it's Janet Ellis. There she is. <laughs> Stink, stinking of advocar. Chicken nugget oh, in her man. hair. Yeah. Sign <laughs> she, of a good had, night. <laughs> no, we had a good old time down the flick. How's John? Is he all right? He's not. He's not doing brilliantly. He's okay. Um, I don't know how much my mum's told you or I've told you, but he does have. Um, he does have lung cancer. So this year's been pretty tricky because he's been indoors pretty much all year since January, um, except for going for treatment at the hospital. Um, so no, I wouldn't say it's the easiest time. But I mean, my mum's spoken about it publicly, so I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying things I'm not allowed to say. Um, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, you know what? There are there are families like ours up and down the country, out, around the world. Uh, I think it just uh, it's kind of the other side of the coin, really, for what's going on, and um, and the weirdness of the time. No, of course, yeah, I know. But I I just think John is one of them people. When I met him, and I didn't know him, I met him through your mum. He came to the show. He's just, you know, when you just can see how gorgeous someone is. He's got that. Oh, that's he's lovely. Got, he's got that piece about him. 
I don't know. Some people make an effect on you and you can just feel their warm glow. And he's one of them people. And that's why I ask about him because I just want you to send on. Aww. Well, mine and Milky's love because I know he ain't well. I will. And we adore I him will. and we adore your mum. And I just wanted to pass that Aww, on. And it's... That's actually really lovely. And he is a good man. You're right. Anyway, your mum and Blue Peter. You must have stolen a Blue Peter badge or two, didn't you? In your oh, time? Oh, golly, yeah. Absolutely. Did you, did, you st- did you not sell them at school? I did, yeah. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. How much did you get for a Blue Peter badge? 50p. 50? I'd yeah. have gone £3 for that. Are you mad? I know. I don't know why it was so... Well, I guess this was... Embar- this is a junior school, so I'm talking oh about God. when I was... And my mum must have been presenting the show. So I can't have been any older than eight um, when I was doing this. So let's say I'm like six or seven in the playground. Like 50p is about the amount of money you can... I, <laughs> I, feel, this is, I feel this is an exclusive... <laughs> I do. Oh, my God, Sophie, what have you done? And also, I would say, if you want my mum to sign an autograph, it's a pound. Oh, that's fair game. Oh, wow. Classy, classy kid. Alan Sugar, watch out. No, fair game. You've got to get your money where you can growing up. Exactly. I saw a business opportunity. Yeah, quite right. Was she strict to your mum or was she, like, a bit casual? Uh, Somewhere in the middle. Um... I don't. She, she wasn't too casual in that I always, you know, there was always a very clear dynamic of I was the kid and there were certain things I had to adhere to. But at the same time, she was. It was just the two of us for a long time. I didn't have any siblings till I was eight. So um, all she was doing, Blue Peter and all that, it was just. And a lot of it, she was a, a single mum. So I think you know I could get around her pretty easily by just talking. You know, we had probably quite grown up conversations for a little girl, and I would find a way to get around things. Genius. I could be quite wily, I'm afraid. Oh, I bet. Look at you. What about your mother in style? Are you a strict mother? I'm not as strict as I thought I'd be. I think I thought I'd be a lot stricter. Um, uh, I find it tricky because a lot of times when I'm being quite firm or clear about what the rules are, I'm sort of rooting for my kids if they question me and they want to find the way around it. And I, yeah. I think that's quite hard because... I'm never trying to be their friend. I'm always quite... I'm fine about being their mum and I'm fine if they don't always like me as their mum. But at the same time, I'm always kind of rooting for them if they're being a bit, a bit like, cheeky or trying to find a way to negotiate. So they usually end up getting around me quite easily. It's probably quite like I was with my mum, to be honest. Yeah, fair go. I think you've got to have a good balance, haven't you? Because my, my brother Wayne, posh Wayne, his wife, she's a bit strict with the kids, if I'm honest. She runs her house a bit like the London Dungeon. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> she don't let the kids have no treats. She gives them a dry oh. bit of bleeding mango. They're sat chewing that. I say to her, you can't let your kids grow up without sugar. They'll end up crooked. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Kids need sugar. They need all that. So I turn up there, bottle of Sunny D in each pocket. Krispy hey. Kreme in every, in every, well, I was going to say orifice. <laughs> <laughs> But that would cross the line between auntie and children relationships. OK, we'll cut that. Cut that out. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the cowpole kicking in. I've been on that. No, but by the time I've left their house, I'll tell you what, they're hallucinating, they're having a whale of a time. Because yes. I reckon that's the job, in it? Is your mum like that? She comes in, she plays a bit of the yeah. old, hello. Just, you know, she probably doesn't have them all the time, but she, she wants to enjoy them when they, you know, when yeah, they're your grandkids. Yeah, she plies you know them with I mean? chocolate and crisps yeah. and all of that stuff. Yeah, she definitely spoils them. That's the yeah, joy and, of it. And she's clever because she never takes them all at once. She takes them one-on-one. So they all have days out and time just with her. And... Um, 
you know, I mean, she set herself a bit of a task, obviously, because I ended up having five and she didn't know that at the beginning. But it means they all have their days out with Grandma and they all go to the cinema and she takes them for lunch and... Yeah, didn't yeah. you go to... You went to Japan, didn't you, with the... With the yeah. 60... That's yeah, gorgeous. that was just before lockdown, just in February, February half term. Have you ever been to Japan? Oh, back in the day, yeah, but a lot's changed. Ah, well, I'd never been at all and I was so excited and I loved it. What an amazing place Tokyo is, wow. I know, it's gorgeous. Well, I, I think we probably go back there and do a gig or two, wouldn't we, Milky, at some point? Oh, um, I was ever so big. I was ever so big in Japan. Oh, I, I, mean, yeah. I would love that. In fact, I'm sure there's a face, my face is on a skyscraper somewhere. <laughs> If you look I wasn't hard looking enough. up enough. I can't. It's a big face, Sophie. I'm surprised you missed it. It flashes at night. <laughs> Did you have any pufferfish in Japan? Is that the one that's really hard and they have to cut it a certain way? And... No, it's got poison in it or something. If you eat it, you die. Yeah, no, well, I didn't if you try get that. It, if you eat it in the wrong no, way. We had lots of nice sushi and stuff, though. I love Japanese food. No. It's delicious. Yeah. I don't eat anything that ain't cooked. Don't you? No, no, so sushi no I couldn't eat. No, <laughs> no, nothing. Not even a carrot. <laughs> It needs to have a bit of heat to it. Do you know what I mean? Otherwise, yeah, I can't yeah. get into it. I could never be one of them people who eats all that real food. Never. Nah. Could you imagine? Oh, my God, it would never go through me. <laughs> I'd have an absolute nightmare. I'd be like a compost bin. <laughs> You'd have to keep me in the garden, Sophie. <laughs> well, we're going to hear a little song before we go. Don't worry, Sophie, it's not one of yours. I can't afford one of your bleeding songs. Shut out your mind. Unless you give me a little credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. It's all about me, this podcast. All right, get your elbows out. You can sing along, though, if you want to sing along, because I know you You do love a bit of the Duchess music, don't you? Oh, I do, I do, I and do. And don't forget, like I said, me and Milky, if you ever want us to help you, you know, with the old songwriting, we'll jump in there. Oh, yeah. The stu- yeah. Look at the studio, I mean, look. That's it's all beautiful. you. Beautiful. One-way ticket to Canvey. You'd be more than welcome. I can't wait to hear new music from you because we're, we're dying. Aww. We're dying out here for some new music and I can't wait. I would love, yeah. I'm halfway through writing an album. I just need to get it finished now. So, yeah, hopefully I'll get able to get started. I was I was chugging along quite nicely until this whole thing started. So, yeah, just need oh to get the, get the engine well, going again. Well, we all, babe. Put the, pe- put the <laughs> petrol in. We're starting to chug again. Let's get we chugging. Are. Let's get chugging. That's the single. <laughs> That's the single. Chugging with Sophia Lisbexter. <laughs> This is a new one from Sophie Ellis Baxter, Chugging. Chugging. There you go. Featuring <laughs> Diane Chorley and Milky. Okay, yeah. there you are. It's written in gold now. All right, then, my beautiful babe. Thanks so much for coming um, to join me. Lovely I adore to see you. you. Love you so much, and I'll see oh, you I soon. I can't wait to hear the I'm rest sure. of your podcast as well. Love to all your family, as always. I adore you. Oh, same here. Same here. See you, babe. Bye. Hello, my gorgeous listeners. It's with such a heavy heart that I've got to come on and tell you that shortly after this episode was recorded, the beautiful John passed away. And, well, it's such sad news. And, John, wherever you are, my gorgeous babe, we're sending you our love. And to Janet and all her family, we just want to send you all our love and say we're thinking of you. So this is a little dedication to John. Thank you for the warmness that you showed us. Well, I couldn't do a whole podcast episode about motherhood without talking about my beautiful, gorgeous mother. And of course, I've spoken a lot about beautiful Janet coming down to the flick and those gorgeous times. And I'll tell you something, you lot, you'd have loved it down there. We had all the celebrities, Jagger, Barry Moore, Des Lynham, and they was mixing around with all the gorgeous weirdos from all over the world. Every one of them leaving their troubles at the big old gold doors. We'd be having the time of our lives in there. 
And you know what? A lot of these kids, their mothers, their fathers, their families, they'd have turned them away. But in the flick, well, I was like a mother to them and I absolutely adored it. I didn't choose to get into the clubbing game. I kind of fell into it, if you like, when I was a teenager. My mother, she got life in prison. She killed my father when she found out he was having an affair with a chiropodist from Billericay. He was a quiet man, he, he wasn't missed, but it meant I had to look after myself and my little brother Wayne. So to survive, I started a little pharmaceutical business. I was a bit like boots, but sequin clad and mobile. I was ever so good at it. After a while, I was making so much money in our council flat, it looked like Trent's car moon. We had a satellite dish so big, when the sun went down, it was like Independence Day in our lounge. My mum, she was over the moon, but I'd managed to hold the fort when she was away. Of course, I didn't have the heart to tell her what it was I was doing. You see, my mother, she was a proud, working-class woman. She worked hard to support us growing up, and in my father's absence, she'd leave a little Benson and Hedges in the corner of the room, just smoking. And honestly, it felt like Dad had never left. She worked long days in the petrochemical factory on Canvey. When she got in, she'd have a nice little glow on her, a bit like a little nuclear bomb had gone off or something. She was a gorgeous woman. What she lacked in look, she made up for in hairspray. I remember one hot summer her hair melted to the felt roof of our Vauxhall Corsa. When the fire brigade turned up, they made her choose between her hair and the car. Of course, knowing me mother, she chose her hair. And for the whole summer, walked around with a little metal hat. It was my mother who got me into music. On a Saturday night, she'd be dancing around our council flat, looking over the Thames estuary, little rum and Ribena in our hands, sploshing around the place. The disco divas blasting out the stereo. Summer, gainer, chic. And she'd say to me, Diane, don't end up like me with a man-shaped hole in your bed on a Saturday night whilst the one you thought you loved is knee-deep in a toe surgeon somewhere. Whatever you do, don't give your love away. Well, little did she know that those very words would one day go on to inspire one of my most popular songs. One that would go to number one in the charts across the world, mainly Turkey. This is that beautiful song. Mother said. When you told him that you loved him, you should have called it off. Instead of telling you the same old lies he did before. And he's no good, no better. You were too young to know better, no good, no better. Should have called it off, you'd have found someone better. Should have called it off. And just like my mother said, Diane, hit that CD. That's sadness from your heart Mother said, Diane Just promise me this Don't give your love away Don't give your love away Don't give your love away Don't give your love away
for the now Cause he's just playing all the same old games he did before And he's no good, no better Don't pick up the phone, tear up that letter No good, no better Should have called it off, you'd have found someone better Like my mother said, Diane Hit that CD and on Shake that sadness from your heart Mother said, Diane Just promise me this Don't give your love away 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 Jam goes St. Michael, he's just custard, you're the trifle. Let me tell you a little story about LUV. 28 days if you keep the receipt. Be the judge, be the jury, be the Jilly Cooper of your own love story. Don't let the love of another define you and babe. Don't give your love away. Thank you to my beautiful, gorgeous guest, Sophie Ellis-Bexter. You've been listening to Chatting with Chorley, the podcast with me, Diane Chorley, which was written and created by me, Diane Chorley. The music was written and created by myself, Diane Chorley, and of course, the gorgeous Milky. This show was produced by the stunning Chris Jones and is a hat-trick podcast. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.